welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Can everyone appreciate chat? Come stand over here. Okay, chats. In this packet, I have got some crackers. But you know where I'm going, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Right. Do you think it's possible to eat this cracker? Ready. Eat it. <laughs> you don't have to be quick. Yes, cheer them on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't take your time either. Okay, there is a point to all of this. This is torture, I know. You okay? <laughs> Did you have a good afternoon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good morning, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not very chatty tonight. Mm-hmm. Are you having? Are you all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't give you water at the moment. Oh really? Yeah. Sorry. So there is a point to all of this. Have you swallowed it yet? You need to be quicker. <laughs> there is a point to all of this, and um, I have 45% charge on my iPad. Thank goodness you saw that. Okay, that's fine. Right, Chaz, do you think it is possible to whistle? Not now. <laughs> Not now. Okay, do you want to try? Just like a whistle. Okay. Why am whistling now? Okay. <laughs> right, Chas, have a drink of water. Thank you. Okay, okay whistle again. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it works. I don't get it. Right. Okay. You've totally killed this. I, 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 I'm not a good whistler. <laughs> Go on, try again, Chas. Okay. Okay, go and sit down. Thank you very much. My point was, had that worked the way I hoped it was going to work, he would have struggled with the cracker, which he did. He would have tried to whistle. He wouldn't have been able to. I would have given him a drink of water and he would have been able to whistle. My point was that when something looks difficult, if you look at it another way, it is possible. This morning we had an incredible message from Cheryl talking about forgetting. And um, she was speaking about moving on. She was speaking about forgiving. She was speaking about that point where you make that decision to let go. And it was a powerful, powerful message. And what I'm going to speak to you tonight is a message on reaching forward. Reaching forward into all that God has for us as a church and as individuals. Are you with me tonight? How many of you in here tonight have had enough? Have had enough of just being the same? Of just being in this place where day after day after day it's the same struggle? Day after day you're thinking the same things about yourselves? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, tonight I absolutely believe as I preach this message to you that God is going to take you from a place where you are right now and he is going to cause you to start moving your life forward into something else something amazing and something from God 
by his grace. These are really important times for the church. We are in a big season right now of growth, of restructuring, of the Spirit of God just doing incredible things as we meet together here in the house. And you can feel it, can't you? When you come into the house, the Spirit of God is here. And if we embrace it, if we choose to forget, we can move forward into the greatness and the fullness of all that God has for us. Amen. I um, was on the internet this morning, or this afternoon even, and I found this story. And it's a story that a pastor put on the internet, and I want to share it with you tonight. And it says, this is a pastor talking. It says, a few days ago I visited, I visited a man who was in jail looking at several years of prison in his future. From the moment I walked in, he had a smile on his face from ear to ear. The only time he wasn't smiling, smiling was when he was crying. He began to share with me that when he grew up in church, that he grew up in church and was saved from around the age of eight and was in and out of church most of his life. He told me that he had been in prison for about 18 months and rededicated his life over and over again. He said that he had gone around and round with the jailhouse religion like lots of other people. Just then, looked straight into my eyes and said, Pastor, this time something is different. He proceeded to tell me that he got down on his knees on May the 10th and completely surrendered his life to God. He was so excited about his new relationship with God, he told me about the devotions and daily Bible readings that he was doing. He began quoting scripture that the Lord had spoken to him. He sleeps on the bottom bunk and told me about the memory verse cards that are taped on the bottom of the top bunk so that when he's lying in bed, he can read and memorize verses. Most of all, he shared the peace and freedom that he felt in his heart and soul. He shared a lot about the life he lived in the streets, and together we came to the same conclusion. Prison is a heart condition, but it's not a life position. And so what I want to say to you tonight is that what you are living in right now is a heart condition. Okay? It's not a life position. Where you are right now tonight, this is not the rest of your life. And tonight, for some of us in here, we need to start off this message by just getting the understanding in our heads that this is not how it is always going to be for us as a church and for us as individuals. There are greater things to come. Psalm 45 verse 1 says, The story of your life is the overflow of your heart. What starts in your heart is accomplished in your life. So where are your dreams? Where are your dreams? Where are your hopes? And where, are your, where is your future? What does that look like for you right now? What does the future look like? Has it been tough? Is it looking like it's going to be a real struggle for a long, long time? Or is it looking like tonight, if you decide in your heart with everything that you've got, that by the grace of God you can move forward and out of it, that from tomorrow morning on it's going to be incredible? Amen. I tell you something. It's what is going on in here. It's what's going on in here tonight. That is where the problem is. That's where the problem lies. I I will put my life on it tonight. If you allow the truth that God wants to push you forward into great things and you embrace that, he will do it. He will do it. I um, came into the church. I'm going to do what Cheryl does right now. Everybody slurp. (laughs) Thank you, and again. (laughs) I came into the church, and um, 
when I came into the church, I was really, really, really sold out to worship. I was really sold out to leading worship, and I thought to myself, I am going to lead worship in front of thousands of people. And I thought to myself, I prayed prayers to God. I, I had dreams in my heart in the area of worship. I had, I had prayers that I prayed. I, I thought to myself, I, you know, I saw the stage. I saw the thousands. I saw all of these things. And, you know, I stand here now and I am grateful that God didn't answer my prayer. Because if God had answered my prayers back then, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing right now. And so um, there's something about unrealistic dreams that can pull you out. There's something about dreaming something that is unrealistic. And what I want to say tonight is as you dream about your future, as you hope, keep your dreams realistic. Keep your dreams realistic because God's plan is ultimately what God wants to do in your life. Not your plan, not the this is what I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to do, but what God says you're going to be and what God says you're going to do is the best plan for you and it's the right plan for you. And tonight I'm praying that some of you are going to find peace in your hearts to understand that God's plan for you is the best plan. Okay? Um, In Ephesians, it tells us, and it's in chapter 2, um, verse 19 to 22, it talks about how we are all here and we're all standing where God has called us to build the house. And it says, I'll read it to you. Um, it's actually the message translation because message is always the best. <laughs> it says, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreign, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So in order for God to build his house, he needs you. In order for God to do what he wants to do in the city of Aberdeen, he needs you. He needs every part of your life. He needs every part of your mind. He needs, like Cheryl said this morning, he needs you to forget. God is actually relying on us to forget and start reaching forward for the greatness and the goodness of what he's got and what he wants to do in us. You see, when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes in the house, on, when we have worship and everything, there is just a sense of peace. There's a sense of hugeness. There's a sense of greatness. There's a sense of God in the house. And God wants to build upon it. He wants to build upon it. And tonight, I believe that God is going to speak a word into your heart that's going to cause you to make that decision. JFK famously said, Change is the law of life. And those who only look at the past or present are certain to miss the future. So enough time is worried. Enough time is wasted worrying about what has been before. I know um, people that I have met, not in Aberdeen, but people that I have met that are worried about what the future is going to bring. People that sit and spend days thinking they don't know what, what is around the corner. They don't know what, what is going to happen next week. And they worry about it, even when it hasn't happened. And what God is saying tonight is it's time for us to put these things down. The impossible 
is not impossible. Okay, I want to, I want to um, share some facts with you tonight. And um, these ones amaze me, right? This is famous people that we all know. Okay, Bill Gates, his first business failed. Albert Einstein couldn't speak till he was four. Jim Carrey used to be homeless. Benjamin Franklin, who, had, who invented bifocals and the lightning rod, dropped out of school age 10. Richard Branson is dyslexic. Thomas Edison failed 1,000 times before inventing the light bulb. Walt Disney was fired from his first job because he lacked imagination. <laughs> you see, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible because you know that word impossible? If you choose to change your mindset and look at it slightly differently, it actually says, I'm possible. That's what impossible says. So if you choose tonight to look at that word in every situation that you've got going on where people would say, it's impossible. You can, you can look at it right back and you can say, you know what, I am possible. Because that's what it says when you look at it with the right mindset. I am going to play a video right now. Now, many of you will have seen this video and you would have heard that this man was going to do that and you would have said, this is impossible. But he said, I'm possible. Can we play it right now? <laughs> so there you have Felix somebody or other I can't pronounce his name because he's foreign what was it? okay that man um, there he is standing looking at the earth and if you listen very carefully you could hear him say the whole earth, the whole earth is watching and then he said I'm going home now and he jumped now, before that, I'm glad that actually it didn't show, or it didn't, you didn't hear some of the other stuff he said. <laughs> it wasn't very good, but actually, if I was that far up, and I was looking at the earth, I'd probably be saying the same. I probably would, but, you know, we're all the same. And that's what, that's what actually, that's what that song was saying while, um, while we were watching that video. We are all exactly the same. We are all exactly the same. We all have the same struggles. We all have the same things that we have to face in order to do something incredible for God. But I tell you what, I look at you, you tonight and I see champions. I see people that are going to do great things in the house of God. I see people that when they get it in their heart tonight and they let go of what they've been listening to for such a long time, we're going to do great things as a body. So, um, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And this is what my message is based on tonight. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The witnesses are the ones up there that have gone before, the ones that are cheering us on, the ones that, that have done this, and now it's our turn. And now it's our turn in here tonight. And, and you know, when you look at that scripture, I, I can't remember who it was a few weeks ago that said, you know, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, these people that tortured him, they were trained. I, I, maybe it was Kevin, I can't remember. But they, they were trained especially to take people to that place 
of torture so that not quite dead, so that they weren't quite dead, but just before death. I want to tell you tonight that Jesus did so much for your freedom. Jesus did so much for your freedom. Jesus did so much for your future. And for some of you tonight in here, it is time to stand up on the inside and say, do you know what, Jesus? I've had enough. Jesus, I've had enough. I am reaching forward. I am reaching into the greatness of what you have got for me. So what is it then that shows up in your life to shake your faith? What is it that shows up in your life to shake your faith? What is it that holds you back? What is it that, that, that just stops you, that thing that speaks to you and, and causes you to miss the greatness of what God is wanting to do in your life? This life that we are living is not just about believing in God, but it's about obeying him also. Um, one thing I'm really bad for, and um, I, I really give myself into trouble for it, um, as much as sometimes for all the hair that Brian has left in his head, he tries to get a grip of it and pull it out. But one thing I'm really bad for is I'm always wanting the next thing. I'm always wanting the next thing that God has got for me. I'm always wanting that thing in the future, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But discouragement sets in when you stop enjoying the present, series, the present season that we're in right now. Because right now we're here and God is doing amazing things and his presence is here but how many of you are still looking for something else how many of you are still wanting that thing when I was um, little one of my sisters who will remain nameless um, was really bad at sleepwalking and um, she was really bad at sleepwalking I remember I would wake up in the morning and there would be all these stories about sleepwalking things that she did in the night and actually my granny was quite bad for it as well and I remember uh, one night I woke up and Katrina was quite, I think she, I'm sure it was Katrina was quite upset and what had happened was my granny had worn a long white nightie to bed and she decided in the night to go down to the front door and unlock it and go out for a walk while sleeping, sleepwalking. So Katrina heard the front door open and looked out her bedroom window and saw this figure in a long white gown <laughs> walking down the car park thinking it was a ghost. She just went absolutely ballistic. Mum and Dad woke up. She was screaming. And um, they, they managed to, to pull her back together. But you know, some of us are like that. We're so busy sleepwalking that we miss what God is doing right now. We miss that thing of what God is doing amongst us right now. God, right now in this place, right now here tonight, wants to touch your heart. He wants to touch your mind. He wants to help you take these chains off. He wants to help you take these shackles off. He wants you to dance again. He wants you to be joyful again. He wants you to be at peace in him again. If you um, turn with me to Matthew 14, um, you will be very aware of what I'm about to read to you, um, but I will read it anyway. It's Matthew 14, starting at verse 22. And it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. I wasn't doing an action there, like, to the other side. <laughs> I was actually... <laughs> I was looking at the clock. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? 
That was really well timed. I'm so proud of myself for that one. Okay. Right. So, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost. A bit like Katrina. Um, Saying it was a ghost. Oh, I've just lost my place. That'll be Katrina. (laughs) I've done it again. Okay. Saying it was a ghost and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him saying, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down, come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now this story begins in the morning, round about lunchtime, just before this happened, there was the feeding of the 5,000. So they've had quite a nice afternoon. They've discovered that they had no lunch. And then all of a sudden they're all having lunch, which is, that's a good day. That is a good day. So they're all having lunch. And then Jesus immediately said, get into the boat. Now, why did Jesus say immediately, get into the boat? Jesus told them to get into that boat immediately because Jesus knew that that storm was coming. Jesus knew that there was a storm in the horizon and he wanted them out at sea. Now, when you look at that, you would kind of think, oh my goodness, that's actually quite a horrible joke to play on somebody. But God allows things. God allows things and God allows storms for you to go through. And sometimes we can look at storms and think, oh, this is completely not of God. No, the storm probably isn't what, it, what is actually happening, but God will allow you to walk through that for the shaping of your character. It's all about reaching forward to the future. You see, because we can't, we can't reach forward and grasp everything that God has got for us if we first of all don't allow him to stretch us on the inside. And there is a stretching that can go on in the inside of you that sometimes it's really, really painful. Sometimes you can sit and think, oh my goodness, this is sore. You have to walk through these seasons. You have to walk through these storms in order to embrace the greatness of what God has. So Peter's out there in the boat and he's in his comfort zone. This storm is going on and um, it is what it is. And Peter's there and he's lying on the boat. So he's in this comfort zone of laziness. It's not confrontational. It's safe. It's secure. And he's there and Jesus calls him out of that place. And I want to say to you tonight that what I believe God is doing in this season in the church right now is he's calling us out. He's calling us out onto the water because when we get into a comfort zone, when we get into a comfort, comfort, comfortable place, you can be sure that Jesus is going to call you out. You can be sure that the, the next plan for Jesus' life, for Jesus, the next part of Jesus' plan for you 
is to call you out onto the water and stretch you. So Peter got out of the boat and he got into the water. And he was doing great. He was doing really, really well until he took his eyes off Jesus. He was doing really, really well until he started to focus on the storm that was going on round about him. The moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you're done. The moment you take your eyes off Jesus, anyone in here will know if you've been through a storm. You cannot get through that without Jesus. You cannot walk that without him. You cannot get through that place and out onto the other side unless you keep Jesus by your side. Jesus is there um, waiting for him and watching. And when he had his focus on Jesus, he was doing really, really well. He was doing fine. But then he took his, his eyes off Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus reached out his hand to help him. And I want to say to you that Jesus is always going to be there. He's always going to be there. He'll never, ever leave you. The only time that it feels like he's gone is when you've taken your eyes off him. That is the only time. The only time you can't feel Jesus by your side is when you're focusing on the storm. The only time when you can't hear his voice is when you're too focused on what's happening round about you. Keep your focus on Jesus and don't let him go because his plans for you are perfect. Muhammad Ali says this, impossible you can tell I've been on the internet can't you <laughs> impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it impossible is not a fact it's an opinion impossible is not a declaration it is a dare impossible is potential impossible is, an, is temporary impossible is nothing I want to tell you tonight that impossible is nothing. Impossible doesn't even actually say impossible. Impossible does say I'm possible. I want to tell you that whatever it is you're dreaming, whatever it is you're hoping and believing God for, it is possible. And as a church, it's our time. It's our time to reach forward into the great things that God has got for us. Jeremiah 29, um, verse 11 to 13, says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search with me. When you search for me with all of your heart. It's a lot like, I was there, I was talking to Brian today and I was saying, you know, it's, it's a bit like Lazarus. Lazarus was there in the tomb. And he was dead. And you don't get much worse than that. Dead is, dead is as good as well you're dead really but he was dead wrapped in bandages okay he was wrapped in bandages and Jesus called his name now before Lazarus died Jesus was called upon when Lazarus was very sick Jesus was called upon to come and heal him and Jesus didn't go Jesus didn't heal him why didn't Jesus heal him because it wasn't time. Because Lazarus, he, he waited until Lazarus was dead so he could full, show the fullness of his glory. And sometimes, in fact all the time, God wants to show the fullness of his glory in our lives. The seasons are not bad things. Seasons are amazing things. Seasons are great things. When things are hard, it's the best time. Do you know why it's the best time? Because you're going to come out bigger than you were before and God's glory will be revealed. I love how... Um, 
when you look at the story of Lazarus and you, we hear about him there in the tomb and um, he's wrapped in the bandages. And I think I remember my, my memory of this story was when Kevin preached it and he spoke about when Jesus called his name and how the bandages, you know, he was wrapped in bandages. So he's not going to walk out of the tomb. He would have been like, like that. <laughs> but that's how he would have come out of the tomb. So but it's true. It's true. And it's, it's actually a really funny picture. But when you think about it, the bandages didn't even hold Lazarus back. Lazarus did not lie there and think, I cannot move. I am absolutely tied up with bandages here. He looked and he thought, this is my situation, but I am getting out of this tomb right now. And so I want to encourage you tonight, and I want to say to you, whatever position you are in, whatever situation you are in, don't look and think, this is completely impossible. Look at it and think, whatever, I am getting out of this right now. Let's stand to our feet. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.